How many of you enjoying the weather? There's a few farmers out there, right? Um, if I were to say, welcome to paradise, <laughs> you'd say, not Norman, Oklahoma this weekend, right? Where is paradise for you? Where, if you could say, if you could wake up tomorrow morning and be in paradise, where would that be? Kansas. All right. That didn't come to my mind, though. <laughs> Where else besides Kansas? Hawaii? Who said Hawaii? There we go. Who would say Hawaii? Anyone? There, there's a few Hawaii folks out there. Where else? Florida, Spain, Ireland, the Bahamas. How many of you would like sun and sand and waves? Is, is that kind of what paradise looks like for you? Any with, uh, like, mountains and snow and tree? I mean, there's some of you. Any of you? Paradise includes both? Anyone? All right. I want to tell you, I want to tell you a story this morning about a friend of mine who was uh, enjoying paradise one Sunday morning. He had just finished eating breakfast. He was just enjoying some quiet time, memorizing a few lines by John Milton from, get this, from Paradise Lost. It's about 7.55 on Sunday morning. He happens to be in Hawaii. Sitting in his ship, when all of a sudden, the sirens and the horns of general quarters go off. To your battle stations. This is not a drill. This is war. And as he makes his way within the, the, the USS Vestal to get to topside to get to his battle station where his responsibility was to, to provide ammunition to the gunners so that they could shoot their guns. As he was getting into battle positions, the first bomb went off. The first bomb hit the USS Vestal. And in describing this, as I had a chance to talk to Tom this week, he's 95 years old, and he said, it was just complete chaos. He said, hell all hell broke loose. Now some of you may realize that that is a line from John Milton's Paradise Lost. He said the master of arms, as the bomb went off, was decapitated. Chaos was everywhere. Soldiers were trying to get to their place amidst the fire. Now if you know anything about World War II and Pearl Harbor history, you might know that the USS Vestal was tied to the USS Arizona. Not a good place to be on December 7th, 1941. And within seconds or minutes, he doesn't really recall, after their ship had been hit by a bomb, the bomb that penetrated through the deck of the USS Arizona into the, 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 the gunpowder magazine, ammunition magazine, and exploded. Exploded. And in that explosion, as they were tied to the Arizona, the captain of his ship was thrown into the Pacific Ocean, into the... Pearl Harbor itself, amidst the oil that was burning on the, on the ocean and on the sea at that time, 
and the second in command, the exo, the executive officer, not knowing what to do, his ship in, in flames, the USS Arizona in flames and sinking as well, they're tied at Pearl Harbor, the, the XO gives the command to abandon ship. Now my friend said, I didn't, remember, I didn't realize that that was an order. <laughs> and so one of his buddies looked at him and he said, well, are you going to abandon ship? And he looked back at him and he said, well, I don't feel like going overboard yet. And about that time, the commanding officer comes up out of the ocean, finds a, a rope ladder hanging off the side of the ship, makes his way back onto the ship. He rescinds the order to abandon ship and says, well, we got to get free from the Arizona. So they find a way to cut themselves free from the USS Arizona. And as they begin to try to get underway, they realize that they are no longer, they, they can't get to full power. And as they begin to drift, a tugboat comes alongside of them and begins to help them get out of the harbor, get out of the way so that they don't get sunk in the middle of the harbor to cause more problems. In the midst of this, they discover that their own ship is not airtight or watertight anymore. He told stories of looking up and not seeing an American plane in the sky. He said as they, went, as they were being pulled by, he saw the U.S. Oklahoma, USS Oklahoma rolled over trying to get men out already. In every way possible, paradise was lost in those moments. And I think those that would, would study American history would understand that that date, which, as President Roosevelt said, shall live in infamy, that that date may have changed mo excuse me, modern America at least 20th century America, that date changed America maybe in, in, in a way that no other date did. Because we were aware of how much smaller the world was getting, that our isolationism was no longer going to be the way to survive a, a second World War II, the second world war. And the nation was at war. Can you think of where, where, are those, where have been those times and those moments where in, in your life, in our nation, our world, that all hell is broken loose? Not all of us remember 73 years ago. We weren't here. We've, we've, most of us have read about it in the history books. There are a lot of us here in this room that remember when the Murrah building went up. And our lives changed forever. Many of us still yet remember 9-11. And when the Twin Towers came down. And our lives were changed forever. Some of you will remember a phone call. A doctor's appointment. A breakup. Where in your own personal life, in your own family, that all hell broke loose. And life was never the same again. And today, today, we look around us and we see 
chaos. And we see that, as Milton said, that, that all hell is breaking loose around us. We see that in the reports from ISIS of terrorists cutting the heads off of people who've come to help. Ferguson, Missouri. These last days, we've seen the unrest, the, the social unrest that's been created and, and that's, that's risen in the response of, of what's going on. We've seen it in New York with, again, with incidents with a police officer. Someone dying. We see it all around us. We see the chaos. We, we see the violence. And we wonder, where is paradise? We wonder, how has paradise been lost? And it comes down to even such the, the, the micro, macro, micro levels. We see a, a society where one of the biggest news, news events of the week is if we're going to play a football game over or not. We've seen the headlines, even in our own newspaper, of, of, of football stars through various domestic violence issues. And we see those things in the headlines, and we know that even our own families are not immune from the domestic violences that we see and that we hear and that we experience in our world. And the reality is, is that hell is breaking loose all over the face of the earth. Paradise is lost for so many people. Words of hatred and evil and anger bombard our ears, and we, more often than not, are afraid, distrusting, and despairing as chaos seems to reign. So we have to ask the question, will paradise ever be found again? Or is it simply true that paradise has been lost forever? And this is why Advent is so important. This is why peace on earth is so important. This is why we have to listen closely. This is why we have to understand that we have words. We have a message that is desperately needed to be told and heard. But guess what? It has to be heard over the violence. It has to be heard over the abuse. It has to be heard over the bombs that are going off in our world and in our lives. It's the word of Advent. The prophet Isaiah told us that one day one would come who would be the Prince of Peace. And as we allow ourselves to, to hear past the noise and the chaos and the violence going on, the anger going on, if we'll, if we'll listen past that and if we'll listen past the consumerism and the materialism that America has created Christmas to be, a consumerism and a materialism that numbs us to these other things of life that are critical and important. If we'll listen carefully and closely, we can hear the word of the Lord speak into our lives. Let there be peace on earth. Let there be peace on earth. And what we discover in Advent, what we discover during the Christmas season is that peace is found in the manger in Bethlehem. 
peace is found in the Christ child. Peace is found in the one of whom we hear the stories of Matthew and Luke, those birth narratives. But we have to listen carefully because the noise around us is so great. And as this babe, as this babe in the manger, as he grows up, listen to the words, listen to his teachings, listen to his promises. Vance referred to John 14 earlier. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So how does the world give to us? How does the world give to us peace? Well, sometimes the world tries to give to us peace, and we call it oppression. And so we have the authority, we have the power, and we just squish violence and peace down. And on the outside, it may look really peaceful, but everybody knows that there's not really peace. But sometimes that's how the world tries to bring us peace. And, and, and sometimes the world brings us peace by just promising peace without any ability or intention of carrying it out and really making for true peace. But the world, the politicians, the dictators, the presidents, the whatever, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll work towards peace. But we know it can never come in this world and in this place. Just a couple of chapters later, Jesus says this. He says, in me, you have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. But take courage. I have overcome the world. In the first chapters, I believe, of Luke, Zacharias tells us that this child will guide our feet into the way of peace. Have you experienced the peace of this Christ child? Have, have you welcomed His peace into your life? But we have to step back and ask the question, okay, it's been 2,000 years. If Jesus says He's bringing peace to the world, you've given, what, Brother Wade, you've just done a really good description of there's not a lot of peace right now what's going on is this not is not is this not working why does so much of the world and why does so much of our lives continue to be unpeaceful and be filled with violence and be filled with wars and be filled with injustices if the prince of peace came 2000 years ago why because we live in a world today where peace is both lost and found again listen to the scriptures Luke 2:14 is kind of our key text for for this this advent season and for today the angels appear before the shepherds and say glory to god in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased 
And then listen to Matthew 10.34, which Jesus says. He says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So, so here's our, our predicament. Here's our struggle. This is why on one hand we talk about peace, and on the other hand we recognize and understand that there's not peace. Because in this world in which we live, there is this tension between peace and love and, and joy. And all these things we've talked about, the evil and the injustices of our world, there's this ongoing tension. And while Jesus has come and through His death on the cross and through His resurrection, while He has won the war, the battle still continues. And that's one of the reasons why we have to live in the midst of this tension. You see, we have the peace of God through Christ. It's available to us. As Vance alluded to, it's an internal experience and expression. The peace of God, the peace of Christ is birthed within us through the miracle of, of salvation, through the miracle of His grace. And as we experience that, as it grows within us, it begins to be manifested through our lives, through actions, through words that come against the darknesses of this world. Listen to the New Testament writers. Here's how they instruct us in peace. Paul in Colossians 3.15 says this. And he's talking to believers. He's talking to people who follow after Christ. He says this. He says, we are to let peace, and we are to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Because that's not what rules in our hearts. That's not the old nature. nature. The old nature is to not let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And so now as Christ's followers, with the peace of Christ born within us, we're commanded, we're led to mature in letting the peace of Christ rule and mature in our hearts. Paul says it this way to the church at Philippi in Philippians 4.7. He says, The peace of God, which surpasses all of our comprehension and all of our understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds. You've, you've been there, and you, you certainly know people who've been there. Their, their world is falling apart all around them with injustices, with, with death, with cancers, with, with divorce, with all kinds of, of, of injustices and evils and violence against them. And, and you look at them and you talk to them and you say, wow, how, how are you so peaceful? How are you making it through this? And they would say to you, well, I don't know. And that's the result of the peace of Christ being within us. And as the bombs of life go off around us, guess what? The peace of Christ is stronger within us. We find ourselves with an ability to, to cope and to live and to share that peace with others. And it's, but it's not just Paul who tells us to, to live and to pursue peace in this world and to experience peace. Peter says this. He says in 1 Peter 3.11, he says, we're to seek and to pursue peace. Do you pursue peace? Do you seek that out? When those that would come against you in an aggressive, violent, unjust way, is your initial response to respond in kind? Or do you say, no, how can I seek and how can I respond 
and react in peace in this situation? How can I pursue peace? Well, the holidays are coming. The holidays are a great time of the year. Unless there's not peace in your family, right? And when there's not peace in your family, the holidays can be really a horrible time of the year. What if we begin to really believe in this idea of peace on earth and that, that through Christ we can begin to seek and pursue peace and see that fruit begin to be demonstrated and lived out in our families. The prophet Isaiah offers this beautiful picture of the future, the future of peace. I, I can't wait until we experience it. Here's what he says. He says, the wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And he closes this part of Isaiah 11. He says, and a little child will lead them. He's telling us that the Prince of Peace is going to come. It's going to be in the, he's going to come as a child, as a babe. And he's going to bring peace into our lives. And yes, paradise in this, in this world is lost on one hand, but through Christ it's found. And we can begin to live that out. Because one day there's this beautiful picture and promise and hope that paradise will be restored forever and forever. No matter how many bombs are going off in our lives today. So how are we to live? How are we to live in a world where sometimes we live within paradise and sometimes paradise is lost? I think of the hymns of the beautiful, the words of the beautiful hymn we listened to earlier today. It says, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. In Romans 12, 18, Paul picks up on this idea. He says this. He says, live at peace with all men and all women as far as it depends upon you. I think sometimes there's not peace in our lives and our families because we choose not to. to. But, but what Paul is saying is, is when it depends on you, when it's up to you, choose peace. Seek peace. Live that out. Let me close with a story. Some of you may have, have read this. It's, uh, uh, it's been on Facebook. It's been gone viral, as they say. Um, Benjamin Watson plays for the New Orleans Saints. African-American ball player. He said, at some point while I was playing or preparing to play Monday night football, the news broke about the Ferguson decision. He said, after trying to figure out how I feel about this, I decided to write some things down. And, and Well, I wouldn't encourage you to do it right now. I'd encourage you to, to Google it and find it and, and read it. But here's, here's what he began to say. He said, I'm angry. And he talked about why he was angry. He said, I'm frustrated. And he talked about why he was frustrated. I'm fearful. And he talked about why he was fearful. And I'm embarrassed. And I'm sad. I'm sympathetic. And one of the things that's that's caused a lot of controversies. He's written these, these, these emotions and feelings down. He says, I'm sympathetic on both ways because I don't know the whole story and I find myself here and then I, I find myself there. And he goes on and he says, I'm offended and then I'm confused. I'm introspective. I'm hopeless. I'm hopeful. And then this last paragraph, he says this. 
He says, I'm encouraged. Because ultimately the problem is not a skin problem. It's a sin problem. Sin is the reason we rebel against authority. Sin is the reason that we abuse our authority. Sin is the reason we are racist, prejudiced, and lie to cover for our own. Sin is the reason that we riot, that we loot, and that we burn. But I'm encouraged because God has provided a solution for sin through His Son Jesus. And with it, a transformed heart and mind. One that's capable of looking past the outward and seeing what's truly important in every human being. The cure for the Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, and Eric Gardner tragedies is not education or exposure, it's the gospel. So finally, I'm encouraged because it's the gospel that gives hope to mankind. You see, sin is the reason that there's no peace in this world. So let's listen one more time. Let's Let's see if we can get past the noise. We can get past that which attempts to medicate us and to numb us. And let's listen to the angel. As he says, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. Peace among those with whom I am pleased. And we find God's pleasure in Jesus Christ as we receive His gift, as we receive His love, as we surrender our lives to Him through that gift. Have you found hope and peace in the midst of your brokenness? Have you discovered the pleasure of God through Jesus Christ? Here's the good news of Christmas. That despite that hell is breaking loose all around us, that we can find peace. And we find it through Jesus, the Christ, the babe of Bethlehem. It is through Him that our sin problem is solved. And because of this, we can experience peace within. And as we've already recognized through the words of St. Francis of Assisi, that was the prayer that we, we shared together earlier in the service. When we receive God's gift of peace, we can now live as instruments of peace in this world. So are you living in peace today? If not, what keeps you from receiving Christ as Lord and Savior? If you are living in peace today, let's agree together to walk with and encourage each other to live as instruments of peace in this broken world. You see, bombs are exploding all around us. Some of them we are aware of, some of them are, are surprise attacks. Are you going to abandon ship? Are you going to abandon ship today? Or are you going to steadfast, stand steadfast and listen and hear that the Prince of Peace is coming? He is here. Will you receive that gift today? And will you live that out as His instruments? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the gift of peace, the gift of love and of life. 
Father, there are so many examples of, of the bombs and the attacks going on all around us. And we would understand that, that paradise has been lost in so many ways. But the angels promise the Prince of Peace brings us a peace, a paradise that can be reestablished and found again. And it's birthed from within. God, help us to embrace that and receive that and live that out. Church, don't leave today if, if the wars and the attacks and the conflicts of this world are just are too much for you. Let's pray. Let's visit. And as we sing, this is an opportunity for you to maybe take that first step and come and share. Let us pray and let us have a set up a time to, to visit later on. But you be faithful as we stand and sing and allow the peace of God to reign in your hearts. Let's stand together.